Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Yeah, welcome in to another edition of Libservative, the show of intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy, at least when we're not, you know, mostly drunk, which is almost every episode. So turn it off if that's not what you're here for today. He, as always, is Corey Walsh. And he's Dan Griffin. This is Libservative. Corey, uh, it's going to be an interesting episode. I'm sure our viewers probably realize I have a new background behind me. I'm trying out a whole <laughs> new setup. Dan, that's called a wall. So everybody bear with me. It's a wall. Yeah, it's a background. <laughs> My background is a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Uh, fuck. Some of the stuff we're going to cover today. First of all, we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, review Black History Month as three white dudes after the month is over. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that makes us more racist or less racist. We'll let you decide as the listeners. Uh, we're going to do some sloppy seconds on the train derailment. We're going to talk a lot about the Norfolk Southern train derailment tonight as uh, some more revelations come out. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, alphabet agencies finally, finally, finally admitting that COVID likely came from a lab leak. Yeah, no shit. And we're going to talk a little bit about Fox News and this Dominion lawsuit because I look at this whole situation and I go, there are no points to be made. We know legacy media lies. It's not a gotcha Shocker. for CNN. And it's not, it's not a, it's not a, a, a gotcha for CNN and MSNBC. Plus some stuff about Pete Buttigieg being a terrible human being for the transportation secretary position. But before we get into any of that, position. Corey, what are you consuming? And what are you drinking tonight? Well, first, the Absurdive Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is absurdiveshow.com. We can be found on Absurdive on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at Absurdive Pod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Absurdive Podcast. And you can reach out directly at Pod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Like right now, like you're listening. We're like, what the fuck else are you doing? You're just sitting. No, there seriously, if you like it, it, people, it, it helps our, it helps the algorithms. Help us flood those algorithms. Just, just gets more people. Stars. Yeah, gets more people. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, subscribe. But you're actually talking about reviewing. That's a whole nother step, Dan. I don't know. Wow. If yeah, I don't understand any of this. Are ready for that? <laughs> I don't. I don't understand any of this. I don't even know what I'm doing here. I, I got I 18 phone on my iPhone. <laughs> Just doing my best. Uh, yeah. Okay. Just doing the best. What you consuming, Dan? So, first of all, I am consuming a... I'll, I'll probably get to a few glasses by the time the night's over, but I'm drinking the Russell's Reserve 10-year here tonight. Yeah. One so for the listeners, how much in the bag are you? Uh, about an eighth of the way. I'm trying to start the show a little bit more sober. See what happens is when we're, when I'm prepping for the show, 
before nightmares you get plastered well yeah i get sick of reading (laughs) the bullshit that i'm reading but i i I usually start prepping for the for for, so for folks who are looking for an an insider's uh view of of what it takes to do one of these broadcasts i usually start prepping for this show first of all we prep the night before we do a, a a whole couple hour meeting myself Corey, and bell the body snatcher and we kind of discuss what we're here, about the way. next thing he is he's back there i fucked up i forgot to say something sorry buddy <laughs> you're a real piece of shit Dan. i'm forgiving uh but so i i usually come in at about four o'clock and we start the show at 7 30 and start prepping for that evening's broadcast and it's sometimes it's really hard to do without just uh, i'm like i'm just gonna catch a little buzz while i do this Next thing I know, I'm three Long Islands in, and by the time we start the show, I'm in trouble. So I tried not to do that this evening. Yeah, it's funny you say that because actually we had a a very avid listener. Shout out to Old Top, Jay, the old old sport who's been listening to our show for a while now. Uh, he, He mentioned to me, he texted me, he goes, I'm trying to do the math here. Dan said he was three quarters of the bag at the beginning of the show, and by the end of it, he was doing math, and it sounded like when you add the quarters up, he was <laughs> he was fully in that bag, and he probably should have pulled that ba- that bag off his head because he was losing yeah, oxygen. I'm, I'm trying to be better, which is why I'm drinking the Russell's Reserve tonight because it's one of my favorite, more mild whiskeys. It's only a 90 proof, uh, but it's got all of the uh, all of the amazing flavors of a delicious bourbon that most of us like. It's got the Little, little smokiness. I, 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 I've always sensed a little bit of a tobacco note out of this particular bourbon. I don't know if you feel the same way, Corey, but I really something I really enjoy. So, no, but now that you actually mentioned the tobacco note, I'm over here drinking some Johnny Walker Black, courtesy of uh, Bell over here. Oh, God, Bell blends. You're putting blends out there for my boy, and I it, it has the tobacco taste. There's a taste to it. Like, I don't know if it's the tannins, you know, it's like an oaky, like woody flavor. It's a scotch blend. So yeah, that, that's, but there's a, right. there's a bit of a tobacco taste to it. And that's, that's a good, uh, that's a good note. Just not exemplify. a fan of blends. I've never been a fan oh. of blended, blended scotch in my life. I'm not a huge scotch guy anyway, but there are a Speaking few. Speaking of being I, not a I fan enjoy. of blends, Black History Month. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's oh. not what I was consuming. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, was, <laughs> I just thought it would be a good joke. <laughs> we're about to talk about Black History Month and its importance. And- we will, we will. We, we, we're going to talk about it. We, we, like I said, I don't know if we were supposed to wait until after it was over to talk about it, being three white guys, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna give, give some opinions. Uh, good ones, I hope. I mean... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, what I'm consuming is, uh, the witch trials of JK Rowling. This podcast is, uh, I'm not going to say it's the best narrative podcast I've listened to. I've definitely heard of one. I've definitely heard ones that are more riveting, but I am enjoying it because, uh, as mentioned, when we talked about Hogwarts legacy a few weeks ago, I am, I have always been an unapologetic, huge fan of Harry Potter. And so obviously a, fan of jk rowling's work and this podcast and i'm i'm going to take credit from Corey because he's the one who mentioned this uh which is that this is going to be a podcast that's going to be streisand affected all the way to the goddamn moon 
because it's it's a podcast that's it's the thing is it's not even really that much about JK Rowling, which is what I think a lot of people are missing through the first three episodes that have been mentioned. It's 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 telling the story of cultural extremism through the lens of JK Rowling. Is that's the way I'm reading it, especially after listening to this third episode, which was fat, which was the most fascinating one so far, because it really starts to dive into the cultural warfare that we see today on the cultural left and the cultural right. And it and it points to uh Tumblr culture, which which is more, you know, culturally left-leaning, more feminist, more um uh more trans rights oriented at this point and then the yeah, a little counter- bit more mainstream but the counter to that was the 4chan culture that resulted as 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 a, a uh, um a pushback against tumblr culture right so you had tumblr culture that was very uh very left-leaning culturally feminist and all, all the things i mentioned and then 4chan culture was basically like these gamer bros that you know said things like feminism is toxic, you know, and, and, and basically anything that Tumblr did 4chan culture had a reaction to. And the thing that's interesting about this third episode of the witch trials of JK Rowling is they, they, they talk about how that was all set up, but then how those two cultures clashing kind of went mainstream and it went mainstream by first making its way to Twitter, which is, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the the you know the national town square or the world's town square actually for the most part at least at that time point in time and then how 4chan culture was kind of personified <laughs> in a man that you and I remember and I'm sure Bell remembers Milo Yiannopoulos and how these two cultures went back and forth over Twitter over mainstream and that's kind of what's led us to this this mainstream cancel culture that we see today. And so when people are, when people start shitting on this podcast, which I've seen a lot of, those are all the things they leave out. It's like, why do we need to talk about this to, 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 uh, uh, to, to, to come to the, the determination that uh, JK Rowling is a transphobe. It's like, that's not what is important, but that's not what, that's not even what this podcast is about. That's not what it's about. It's about the cultural warfare that you and I hate so much and still tend to talk about way more often than I think we even want to, but it's what it's what everybody's talking about. So I, I like the way I like where this podcast is going again, not the best narrative podcast I've ever heard, but certainly interesting if you have a brain. Yeah, no, I missed the most recent episode, but I've been listening to that as well. Uh, for me, I'm like I said, I'm over here drinking some Johnny Walker black, some, uh, uh, I'm drinking a fine Pilsner beer. <laughs> it's what it says on the label, man. You know, corporations so, don't lie. So that must be what it is. Uh, a, lot like Fox, a lot like Fox News, right? Or Norfolk. Just the facts. <laughs> Any corporation, Fox News, Norfolk. <laughs> Purdue CNN Pharma. In there if you want. <laughs> CNN, Purdue Pharma. Pfizer. Uh, <laughs> but so... Uh, you know, all, just saying all those quick words that are going to get tagged to give us the little uh, <laughs> thing oh, at the you bottom. Better th- you, better throw, you better throw Woody Harrelson in there for his monologue. Did you see that shit? Right. Yeah, I did. On Saturday Night Live? <laughs> um, I've been consuming 
pretty uh pretty heavily is another podcast called the alphabet boys and it's talking about how the fbi infiltrated a lot of the uh black lives matter protests and turned them violent and then on top of that i've been consuming the last of us who was on a terrible terrible trend of killing off all the black people and the uh uh, gay and lesbian people of the community uh because in the most recent episode they're doing the backstory of ellie who is you know is in the show she's a lesbian in the game she's a lesbian and they show her backstory of the first time she's ever actually with a girl and that's the story of when she gets bit right it's the story when she gets bit her friend is sure they 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 go into a mall they're hanging out in a mall and they're just they they find a way to turn the power on they're actually playing arcade games and stuff and being normal teenagers in a world where that's just not existent they kiss and then a zombie shows up and bites them both and that's when she finds out that she's not uh she can't be infected and it kills off her black lesbian lover and now at this point in this show i've seen <laughs> three black people one gay killed and then two gay guys killed and everyone's on the right is freaking out saying this show is homophobic i mean this it's show super, this show is yes. like super woke yeah, but really, gay. I think the show is pretty fucking homophobic. <laughs> it keeps killing <laughs> off all the gay and black characters. And I, that's a narrative that I want to keep driving home because I think it's hilarious. Is it? Is it a Velma-esque psyop? I think is it on that level? No, I, it's honestly just a narrative I'm making up in my own head. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm a contrarian at heart and no one else is saying it. So I'm saying, what do you mean it's woke? <laughs> And then uh, I've been listening to a shit ton of, uh, I believe it's Sparkmaster Tape. It's just this rapper who, if you want music that wants to make you get hype and down a fifth of something and then go to the club and just go nuts. Sparkmaster Tape, is that if music it, for if you? It wants, if you want music that's going to take you back to the time where you were 17, just down a fifth of Hypnotic. Yeah, your, like, you remember that song? That's, was, it, was it Mims? Who who sung King Kong? Like, King King Kong in the trunk. I don't remember. <laughs> you know what song I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, uh, yeah it's that deep, that deep. Bell, voice. get up on that mic, bro. Get on that mic, Bell. What the fuck? Hello. <laughs> hey, you Hello? sound like you, you sound like you're off in the background trying to. I don't know. Maybe you're getting a hand. He's just job. doing shots. <laughs> <laughs> he's. he's he has to get way. <laughs> there he That's is. Exactly what I'm doing. Belly body snatcher on the back on on in the background doing shots of uh, Johnny Black. Right on the bottom. After, after a long day of hauling bodies, he's got today off. <laughs> yeah, I was doing other things to, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, anyway, sh- shall we get to Black History Month? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, you don't. So, real quick, you know, I'm really trying not to read the comments and, <laughs> and not just keep derailing the show in the comments, but we just have the most random question that I just had to share it. Big Donnie <laughs> asked kind of a weird <laughs> question, but have you ever used ball weights to make your sack hang lower? Dan, we're talking to you. I mean, I've researched it. I've thought about it. As you get, I, for, for me, for me, for me, as I get older, they tend to like squeeze a little bit closer to my taint. 
So yeah, I've thought about it, but no, I have not used any ball weights at this point in my life. Is, is this really a thing? <laughs> I guess. Don't 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 no most people say that as you get older your uh your sack hangs lower. Dude, I've me. been I've had the problem of accidentally sitting on my sack since like ninth grade. So like if anything, <laughs> I'm wearing yes. boxer briefs and got rid of the boxers. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah dude the box you know what you know it's funny and this is not this is not an advertisement because we are not involved with this company but i have actually sprung for the 20 dollar, 30 dollar duluth trading fucking boxer briefs more yes they are, are they good they are a game changer because a lot of people are like i can't say <laughs> eric goes always fall to the gain of function category i believe <laughs> A lot of people say they can't see spending that much money on underwear, but oh my god, buy yourself four or five pairs, spend a hundred dollars on some good underwear. So oh, it's it. worth it. I'm wearing them right now, dude. I've just been wearing boxer briefs since eleventh grade, and I haven't turned back, dude. I like I like go it where get my you. guys have a little go bit of room you. to play, but they're still like snug. Oh, it's like yeah, wearing go a get, snuggie. Corey, go get you one pair of those Duluth trading boxer briefs and try them out, and tell me they are not the most amazingly comfortable boxer briefs you've ever had. But I'm, yeah, I guess they might be. My shit's all desensitized because I'm circumcised. You got to do briefs during the day, boxers at night. I free ball uh, at night. <laughs> that's even better. That is Thanks. the perfect. That is the perfect segue into Black History Month. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Big Donnie, for making us talk about our uh, our anatomy. Uh, make sure to like, follow, and share. <laughs> Beautiful. Black History Month. It it has come to an end today. I have this recording is March 1st. And here's a review from three white guys. So we didn't talk a whole lot about Black History Month in February because, you know, we're it, it, one. What, Let's one, be honest. Well, we forgot about it a little bit because of the fact no, that it didn't. We did not forget about it. We discussed it in, in pre-show meetings. But the thing is, we didn't talk about this because it was uh, it was a situation where you kind of have to choose a weird politically cultural side. Right, you have to decide: uh, is it not our thing to talk about while it's happening, or should everybody talk about it while it's happening and say negative things about it while it's happening? If you happen to be on the right, or it's uh, it's it's not your thing to talk about if you happen to be on certain factions of the cultural it's like, left. It's like that weird thing: like, what's more racist to say I don't have black friends, or be put in that corner where you have to say I have black? Friends. I have black friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> like, what's either worse? way, you're fucked. You're racist either way. Like you're 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 screwed. You've you've no you've no way out of that uh, out of that <laughs> uncomfortable discussion. Uh, so so wait, no, yeah. no, I'm not racist. I have black friends. It's like, hmm, <laughs> hmm, hmm. Do you? <laughs> yeah, why, so why'd you feel the need to say that? <laughs> right. I'm, I mean, like, I, I I I don't I don't see color. No, but one thing that we were mentioning in pre-show was uh, it's interesting how they always, when it's Black History Month, they always bring up the same couple of people who are like the ones they have on the pedestal for the Black History Month, like Martin Luther King. They don't talk about Malcolm X, really, because, you know, he he was, was problematic. Little, he was <laughs> he was problematic for us. And <laughs> and, uh, or, you know, or it's uh, what, what did you bring up, Bell uh, Carver? Or, uh, no, you brought up uh, Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. Who is actually a bad bitch. Frederick and George Tubman. Washington Carver did 150 things with the peanut. Did you know that? Right. Another year this learning is... about Frederick Douglass. But they yeah, ignore, the, they ignore yes. the other ones like uh, Fred Hampton. 
who was killed by the FBI. Uh, so was Martin Luther King, by the way. Martin Luther, Martin, Luther, but Martin, yeah, but Fred Hampton was like a real, a real fucking doer, you know. And then uh, I'm not saying that Martin Luther King wasn't, <laughs> but and then or like Nat Turner, who like was on the farms and he helped, like he made his whole farm rise up against slavery, and they were out there fucking up these slave owners, you know. And people like this aren't really brought up by uh, our public education system. Well, it kind of, it kind of, uh, it goes into like we, we, because we've had this discussion on the show. I think it's been a while, but the the issue that certain people, I don't even know if I want to call them on the right, but like certain people have an issue with the fact that Juneteenth is a holiday now, because they've been they've been led to believe that it's this like BLM thing, and that's not really what Juneteenth is. Juneteenth is is a remarkably uh, important day in our nation's history because it was the day in which our in which the the last slaves were finally no let, let known that hey slavery is not legal anymore and they were finally set free. Like to me, that that and that's when I get into the, the arguments with these people. Like to me, how can you not tell me that that is a day to celebrate? Yeah, no. The, the, the day, the, the day in which the last slaves were actually set free is a really important fucking day in our nation's yeah, history. That's yeah. If you ask me personally, like Juneteenth is a day that should almost be equipped. Not July Fourth was the precedence to make it to where everybody's free, right? So we celebrate it. But Juneteenth was the day, the culmination of where everyone was actually free. And if you ask my opinion, I think that should be considered like it should get more credence, like an actual holiday. No, it is. You know what I mean? Like that's (laughs) that was the day that everyone like they had to send the fucking military to Texas to tell these slaves. I think it was like two or three years after the Civil War that oh hey by the way guys you're free. They're just like what the fuck are you kidding me? You've been free for like two years, just so you know. Yeah, (laughs) because the military took their long ass time to get out there to tell them. It was in 1865. And well, the but the Civil War ended in 63, right? No, 65. So, but when but when look, the Emancipation when Proclamation. The, uh, look up when uh the Texas slaves were freed in June, I guess. Like 1865. Okay, when did the Civil War end? 1865. <laughs> no, no, it, it, I don't think it did. I think the Civil War ended in 1863, right? Civil War was sixty-one to sixty-five. Ah, fucked up, Dan. I don't know my dates. It's all right. The Emancipation it's Proclamation right. was in sixty-three, so yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so there that's right. Yeah, so slaves were technically freed in eighteen sixty-three. In Texas, it was two years later, January first, eighteen sixty-three. Eighteen sixty-three, but he signed it September twenty-second, eighteen sixty-two. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, that's where I get the two years from. Two years after the Emancipation Emancipation Proclamation makes a lot more sense. Yeah, there we go. Wait, I knew we'd figure it out. We'll get there. We're just three white guys that don't know anything about Black history, so we're good. We're getting there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're learning. But I've always felt like we only I've learned about felt- three black guys and <laughs> Black History Month yeah. every year. It was rough, and then we watched Roots in seventh grade. That was fun. Uh, d- <laughs> I've always felt, though, and maybe this isn't my place to say as a white person, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
Uh, I've always felt like there's some weird tokenism that happens with Black History Month. Don't you feel that way? That like, uh, yeah, like uh, grandstanding and virtue signaling. Yeah, absolutely. From from mostly from white people, almost exclusively from white people that are that are weirdly weirdly pol- weirdly apologetic in ways that. They don't necessarily need to be. It's just like, why don't you just, I don't know, have regular conversation? Because it, it, it always seems to be like that, uh, th- that like middle class suburban white person that has no black friends, has not really ever had black friends, but doesn't have anything better to do than to sit around and talk about how much they, how much they think that racism is bad in some area of the country that they've never actually even been to. Right. Those, 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 those are the people that are, that, that seem to tokenize black history month a little bit. And I look at that and I go, well, let's just go talk to some black people and see how they feel about this. And, and generally what I get is if yeah, fucking fuck, those, those fucking people have, they, they've always got the opinion that those fucking white people have maybe had a, couple of conversation with a couple of conversations with a more well-to-do black person at a coffee shop somewhere, but have never actually bothered to understand black culture in any way. Right. Yeah. I guess there's a big difference even of like just knowing a black person and understanding black culture. They just want to, does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like shaking hands with the, like, nerdy more well-to-do black person in the white suburb like the token black guy in the white suburban neighborhood right we all know this we've seen these people like knowing what do you mean these people dan we're talking about february (laughs) black history month talking about white people when i say these people (laughs) (laughs) these goddamn whiteies that is not that is not a uh that is not understanding black culture and black history in any way to me. And I, I think even that black person that, that lives in the white suburban neighborhood would agree with that statement because they probably get annoyed by, I would imagine they get just as much annoyed by it as you and I do. Oh my God. So. Yeah. You like really think about it, how just people kind of walk on eggshells and they just, it's like white, you know, there's a couple of sects of white people. Like I want to say three, you know, there's the white person that's just fucking racist. Right. And then there's the white person who I think is more along the lines of we are like, we actually know black people. Like I, like me personally, I have black family. We actually know them. I probably Yeah. Yeah. Do. Yeah. And like, so like when we're <laughs> around them, we just, we don't act different. We act the same way that we do. And then there's the white people who walk around on eggshells around them and think that identity politics is important and things like that. And it's, there are, there's three subsets in our, I think there's four. I think there's four. I think there's one in between the person that's actually racist and where you and I are, which is the ignorant white person who's not necessarily openly racist, but is just ignorant as fuck. And they just don't know the history and they follow the news where they just go, oh, yeah, a lot of black people are killed out in the city. I guess that's dangerous. I'll stay away from black people. Not only that, they're scared to talk to a black person. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They really yeah, are. they really are. <laughs> yeah, it's not that they're racist; they're just scared. 
and they're ignorant as fuck. They go, wow, that's <laughs> really weird. That yeah. it's really weird. Don't that, even like, get me started on Juneteenth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's some of your that's some of your friends, Corey. I know it's some of your you're some of your friends. <laughs> no, it's some of my uh, in laws' friends. Yeah, yeah, we're there. <laughs> I didn't want to say family. God, I hope I hope my sister doesn't listen to this podcast. Hey, you're you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's 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 my family and friends as well. Our, it's so people that don't know mine and Dan's families are in the, this have this weird intertwined. Just in, we're just inbred. We're all inbred. So what it is. Yeah, don't, yeah, come on. Our genes are fucked up. Don't blame us. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, we got this. We got this Dago behind us. Just, he's just. Whoa! He's just. Like, <laughs> it's a, he's just shut, the, up, shut up, Bell. This isn't about you. This is about <laughs> Black History Month. He's just the one that goes and collects the bodies. <laughs> That's me. The Reaper. Wait, are you Sicilian or are you uh, Northern? No. <laughs> Will you said, Bell, chill out. It's Black I'm History Month. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love my Sicilians. But no, I'm as I'm, close to Sicilian as you can get without being Sicilian. Like the tip ah, of the boot. Your family is probably your family's probably uh from the same region as uh, my fiance's family. Are they good Somewhere. at spaghetti? Of course. Probably probably <laughs> <laughs> okay so you tried to call me up for making a joke about a uh, an italian slur but then you just made <laughs> this very generalized stereotype about italians about I'm southern italians to. yeah i guess you are allowed to <laughs> we, yeah, there's a whole discussion about that we're not going to get into that <laughs> <laughs> not today uh yeah, this anyway. isn't about you is there is there an italian uh pride month an italian history month yeah, it's called the rest of the year. I was about to say <laughs> March through January. It's like Sundays. Is there is there an is there a uh, is there a, is there an Irish Pride Month? No, me? but there's we got St. Patty's Actually, Day. Actually, March. <laughs> yeah, say, March. What the hell, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, we got St. Patty's it. Day. <laughs> we're we're every, we're everyone's Irish is what we say. <laughs> but you can never say that about Juneteenth. Everybody pretends to be Irish. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's it's like the one culture. Can we just talk that, about just how fucking weird as humans are in general. Just yeah, how, well, just it, how all of this be, is like being Irish is like it's like the one culture that everyone can pretend to be for one day of the year and nobody gets offended. Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> nobody yeah, cares. The, I, I, us Irish people, like we kind of get a pass. We're like, well, no, we didn't own slaves. We picked our own potatoes, and then when we all ran out, we just like. Left. Can you can you imagine being can you imagine being that I can can you imagine being that fucking that gets pissed off because like some black dudes wearing fucking green and shamrock shit on St. Patrick's Day. But then <laughs> he's imagine? just white. He's not Irish. He's white. He's a white racist. Uh, fair enough. Could you yeah. imagine everybody celebrating Juneteenth like they do St. Patty's Day? <laughs> That's what I was getting at. Like. God, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's wearing <laughs> Everybody's wearing fucking African garb and just well, Cinco de Mayo is another one, right? Like it's okay to wear a sombrero on Cinco de Mayo, Trudeau, isn't it? Trudeau it depends on the day. <laughs> Trudeau is like, I love this holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it just, yeah, Cinco de Mayo is another one. Everyone's allowed to be Hispanic. Actually, just straight Mexican. That's that's a Mexican. You're allowed holiday. to be. It's you're allowed Hispanic, to be Mexican. Yeah, you're allowed to be Mexican one day a year. But other than that, it's cultural appropriation. Uh, it depends on who you ask. 
we, we, well, if we you ask Mexicans, they don't give a shit. Right. Like, you can wear a sombrero. It keeps the sun out of your face. That's great. <laughs> it's a Very functional hat. Yes. <laughs> why is that? Yeah, why is that cultural appropriation? That's it keeps the sun out. It's a great the hat. The sun is hot. This is a functional hat. Fuck you. <laughs> right. And fuck your Latinx bullshit. Oh yeah. That's that's yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh anyway. Oh, closing, so clo- closing, closing this. Like- <laughs> I want to share uh uh Spike Cohen's uh post regarding black history and this goes on to talk about how a lot of this is is uh, from a libertarian jew so everybody knows it's not that offensive uh he uh on february 26 21 21 he shared this he goes in 1967 the state of california took aim at the second amendment in an effort to disarm civil rights leaders with the malford act the bill was passed just months after the official organization of the black panthers party the Black Panthers fought against racial injustice with many tools, but it was the aiming it was the arming of black Americans and monitoring of police behavior that caught the attention of California lawmakers. On May 2nd, my birthday, Black Panthers entered the state capitol lawfully armed in protest of the bill. The incident was used to unite CA politicians and the NRA in an effort to disarm and further disenfranchise the minorities and blaze the path to CA to California enacting some of the harshest gun laws in the country. You want to talk about like they don't teach about these boys, and that's that's exactly right. Like you'll get you'll the ones who take up arms to tell an over encroaching government to get fucked. You'll get some passing information about the Black Panthers, and it'll it'll generally be like a McCarthyite explanation of what they actually were. And look, politically, there are some disagreements that I would probably have with the Black Panthers even today, but I think for the most part, um they were better than not existing at all. Uh, and the this is why when you hear, you will generally only hear this in libertarian circles, but the idea of gun laws being racist. Oh, they're inherently right racist. Here. This is they're it They're absolutely right racist. Yeah. Republicans and Democrats both don't are afraid of people with shades of skin that are a little bit darker than ours having guns. They don't want black people having guns, and that's why when you th- when you say you're a liberal or on the left and support taking away gun laws, it's it is inherently racist. You want to talk about what's actually racist and what's not racist? That shit is racist. Yeah, that's gun fucking l- racist. Gun We're regulations gun have always been racist. Oh, we're in the, the inner cities. Yeah, in the inner cities. In, oh yeah, where the minority communities are. Chicago, Lori Lightfoot gone. Why? Oh yeah, did because you hear about that? Crime, crime has gone up. I've seen different numbers. I mean, if you watch Newsmax, it's like ninety-five percent. But like, you know what I mean? But, but it, <laughs> yeah, we know that's not true. It's somewhere between like thirty and fifty percent in her tenure. And what does she do? She blames racism. And it's just like you know what? That's why you're gone. Yeah. You're gone because you're a shitty fucking mayor, not because you're black, because you're shitty. Absolutely. Black History Month. That's a good way to end the Black History Month discussion. With and let's let's expand. They they should be expanding on it and not just talking about the uh, the more passive ones, but the more aggressive ones. 
Yeah, with what's actually racist, which is fucking gun laws. Sorry. Uh, anyway, we, we, we are not going to get through all the topics we wanted to get to. I did not expect that to take 36 minutes. <laughs> You're right. But it was a good discussion. Uh, you want to give the quick uh, sloppy seconds on the uh, uh, Trump era rail deregulation that we fucked yeah, up? Yeah, so, so last week we uh, were talking about the East Palestine train derailment. And it's it's important to keep bringing this up because as things continue, it's not getting better there. And the people are and the government is continually still lying, just like they did with Flint. And, you know, and all these other places where industrial disasters happen. And if I can point out before you continue, <coughs> Flint being both a Republican and a Democratic administration now, this is bipartisan. This lying bullshit about horrible ecological disasters in the United States is a bipartisan problem. So go ahead, Corey. Yeah. And so we just want to just, we want to keep, make sure we keep bringing this up on the forefront. So it's not forgotten because we saw a city in our own state be forgotten over shit like this. And uh, the first thing we want to bring up is the, uh, the sloppy seconds is last week. We mentioned how deregulations that happened under Trump, um, were one of the the underlying causes to this situation. But after doing some more digging, uh, it appears that it was actually Obama's law that he put in. We talk about the ECP, which is the electronic, uh, or yeah, the electronic uh, computerized the breaking system. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, whatever it was, and that law that Obama did put in place wouldn't have covered this accident because his administration as well cucked out to the big lobbying firms from these companies like Norfolk and you know and I can't think of any of the other names right now some uh of the other uh train companies but anyways they spent we'll just, millions we'll of just, dollars yeah we'll just call it big rail yeah big rail and all this money they spent on the government to lobby to try to kneecap a lot of these regulations they were putting in uh, under the regulations, this the specific train wouldn't have had to have that braking system because they didn't have as many hazardous trains on there as what would have been under that law. <clears throat> Any, as so many this isn't Trump's fault. As, as Trump could have left cars. Yeah, go ahead. Right, Trump could have left this uh, this whole thing alone, and this still could have happened under yeah. Obama's regulations that he put into place. Granted, Trump's administration still cucked out to the big industries, just like the Biden administration has, just like the Obama administration has. And this goes back to when we talk about how it doesn't matter which party it is, they both cuck out to political or cuck out to lobbyists from big corporations who don't give a shit about the people, but only care about their bottom line and their dollar. And so they continue to donate to politicians, whether it's Barack Obama or Joe Biden or Donald Trump or very, very soon now, Ron DeSantis. And it's why the two parties. I don't know. It might be Trump. Broken. I'm just saying, like, what, 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 whichever one they choose on the Republican side is going to get all is going to get a lot of corporate money, whether it's Trump or DeSantis. Is this would a good spot? That? Yeah, I would. Is this a good spot to share that uh, TikTok video? Yeah, why not? Let's let's go. Let's go with it. I'm a mother of five boys and I have a one, a two year old and a 10 year old still at home with me. 
They're breaking out with rashes and taking them to the doctors. They're telling me we can't diagnose them with chemical burns of the lungs because almost after three weeks, they're still waiting on guidance from the Ohio Department of Health. How long is it going to take? Are, are one of my children going to have to drop dead before they get guidance? It's been three weeks now since the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, as you know. The mayor says he saw you in Ukraine, and he says it tells you he doesn't care about us. And they're asking, is the president coming to Ohio? Do you have any plan to travel to Ohio, and have you talked with the mayor yet? Let's put this in perspective. Within two Don't hours, answer the question or anything. Within two hours. They are only helping Norfolk clean up the mess that they refused to clean up. They threw dirt over it, laid those tracks down, got them trains rolling. Within two hours. Two hours. And even as we're doing this, another Norfolk Southern train rolling through town. Profit um, before people. We are in the same boat today as we were the first day they lifted that evacuation. Nothing has changed except everybody's getting sicker and sicker. Do you plan to travel there and have you talked with the mayor? I, I, I can't recall that. I don't think I've talked to the mayor. I've talked to everyone else there and I'm multiple times. Both, like, both governors, I've talked to, uh, to everyone there is to talk to. They've not only ruined my home, my health of my children, they have ripped my life away from me. With those air sirens, those air raid sirens overhead at Kiev, how important was it that the world saw you standing next to President Zelensky? It was important to me to stand with Zelensky and let the world know on the year anniversary, we're not walking away from Ukraine. They aren't helping the people of this town. They aren't providing us housing elsewhere. And people, everybody says, if you're getting sick, why are you staying there? Because we don't have the means to leave. I can't afford my mortgage and another house payment or to stay in a hotel room. The mother of five boys and I have a so, so go ahead and pull that away. So the the first thing I pull away from this woman's testimony, and that was from you said that was from was that from the gray zone, the guy that was interviewing? Not the, um so I don't know who made the clip. Someone but put the that together. But the interview the you could see it's I think it's status coup. Status coup. Okay. Yeah, it says coup right on the microphone. We, and I know that they've can, been uh, on the ground there. <laughs> absolutely we and we i think i think i trust i trust dennis cool i trust i trust great yeah. zone all of yeah. all of these all of these Those folks so pretty credible so i look at i look at um i look at what that woman said the last thing she said about you know well if it's so bad why don't you just move and the you want to talk about you hold on you want to talk about a luxury belief you want to talk about like well i would just move and so 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 i'll put this in perspective okay so my fiance and I, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you our our fucking total, uh, what we make per year at this point. Her and I combined make about one hundred forty thousand dollars a year. Okay, it's a decent amount of money. We're not hurting. We're not struggling. We're able to make our mortgage payment. We're able to make our car payments. We're able to uh, buy our groceries and have a little bit left over to take a couple vacations every year. Okay, we're doing fine. I can tell you right now, if that disaster happened in my backyard, there's how would I be able to move? Even making as much money as the two of us do combined where we're comfortable. Because here's the thing. I can't sell my house. Right. Yeah, you're going to buy it. Yeah. You're this, yeah. The, the, the value of our house just went down by like 90%. So when you take somebody that makes even half, a third of the money that we do. I think the average income in East Palestine is like 35K. Yeah, so it, well, why don't you just leave? It's like, what the, fuck are you, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? 
like even like somebody like me who between me and my fiance make a, a decent amount of middle, you know, lower middle class or middle class money. If that happened to me, I would be fucked. So I can't even imagine what somebody who's making that little money in a town that small would be going through. And when you want to talk about the politics of this situation, I find it really, really interesting that the constituency of Eastern Ohio and Western Pennsylvania has been, and you can look this up, statistically, the biggest swing from Democrat to Republican in, in two voting cycles as or three voting cycles or maybe four that we have ever seen in our lives. This was yeah. an Obama <sighs> district. This was yeah. an Obama district that went completely Trump in 2016 and 2020. And, and you think it's a coincidence for some reason that 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 uh, that Joe Biden didn't show up and Donald Trump did. It's how you know that this shit is completely politicized and nobody actually gives a shit about the lives of the people in Eastern Ohio or yeah, Eastern yeah, Ohio. It's sad. You see it all like when uh, in that video for the li- just people who are just listening. There's a scene when the g- one guy when they when tr- when Biden is being interviewed and he goes. Uh, He's like, the people there, they feel like they've been abandoned. It's been three weeks now and you haven't been there yet. They and Biden just goes, and Biden just goes, <laughs> yeah. like, what the yeah, fuck is that? You know why? Because it's a lost district. He's not getting those votes. And, that, that, and that's the disgusting part. And that's why when people bring up the fact that Trump went there. Okay. I, I would love to believe that Trump went there for virtuous reasons. He didn't. But he didn't. No, you know he, he didn't. didn't. He went. It's part he, of his he didn't go there. Political game. Yeah. He he didn't go there in good faith. He knew what he was doing, and it's brilliant. I mean, politically, it's brilliant. I, I won't. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. But you think he went there because he actually gives a shit about these fucking people that are making thirty five thousand dollars in in Eastern Ohio? No, he doesn't give a shit about them. I do want to say a, it, it took till Friday. Political stunt. It took what till Friday. Bill? It took till Friday till the Biden for the Biden administration yeah, to actually, actually go, go there. there. They said they knocked on 530 East Palestine, Ohio households in less than 72 hours. Yeah, it, it wasn't even Biden. It was what, Buttigieg? I, oh, just God. Biden administration. Shows up in his hard hat and vest. Oh, oh yeah. James from the EPA. He had people do it again. There's and then, and then it's, still, it's still fucked. Like DeWine refuses to call it a national disaster. Because it's gonna look bad on him. Because Norfolk, I think, it's there's at least one comma, possibly two, in how much money they donated to Dewine's uh, campaign. And all he'd have to do is declare a national emergency for the federal government to get involved for these people. So, like, ever since I forget when it was, it might have been in 2001 or 2003, but. <coughs> I know it was under Obamacare, so it was later than that. So, but under Obamacare, uh, one of the provisions is when it, when and there's an area that's declared a national emergency or a national disaster, the people that live there are guaranteed Medicare for life. And this asshole hasn't declared a national emergency to get these provisions to these people to make sure that when they that when if any of them get cancer twenty years from now, they're covered. So at that you know, point, Biden's hands are tied, sure. But 
it's it's clear that there is a giant cover-up happening here at this point. Like, I think 40,000 animals in the area have died. Corey, and all, all you have to do, all you have to do is follow every ecological disaster that has taken place in this country. And I'm assuming, you know what? I'm not even going to assume it happens abroad because this seems like a fucking strictly American thing. Uh, you always have the same chess pieces play out at the same time, right? So the, the, so first the disaster happens. Okay. Then you have the, whoever's responsible for the disaster, which is generally a corporation of some kind comes in and goes, Oh, it's all good. It's nothing to see here. They pay third quote unquote, third parties to come in and test the water and test the air and test all the soil, test all this stuff. Oh, no, nothing to see here. Then the EPA rolls in and goes, Oh, yeah, they were right. Yeah, nothing to see here. And you sit there and you wonder, why does that happen? Because the EPA is under the federal government, which is donated to campaign funds from places like Norfolk Southern or, or whomever is responsible for the ecological disaster. And then you always have a third party that comes in and goes, yeah, somebody's not telling the truth. But the problem is what the third parties do is they don't get the media coverage because why? Because the media is, again, bought and paid for by your federal government. So you, you, you it, it's, it's just it's the same cycle every – and you can look into various ecological disasters that have happened around this country in the last, I would say, 30 years at least, maybe more, maybe less. But it's it's always the same thing. It's exactly what happened with Flint. Obama, at least Obama showed up. Can we give him credit for that? When it came to uh, Flint, at least he showed up. But then he went, can I get a glass of water? But it's and also his voting block. Ex- uh, you're absolutely right. Doesn't take a sip of the water. It's, it's his voting block. He showed up. And that is a great point, Corey, that I was going to get to, which is this is a Trump fucking part of the country. And he's right. not going to show up for that reason. And it's so fucked up. And it's and why the two-party system is broken. And then let's break down how uh, the EPA, well, not necessarily the EPA. The EPA just kind of just like raised their hands and they're like, oh, Norfolk, it's their responsibility. They got to pay for this. This is their mistake, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're leaving all of this up to Norfolk who's doing all this testing. And like we mentioned in the last week's episode, they're using companies like Tetra Tech who is known to lie on paper about soil samples and things like that. They've been busted for it in 2019. And then, so Norfolk is cleaning up this mess. They don't know what to fucking do with it. So then they try to ship it out to other fucking states. They were trying to move all this waste from East Palestine to Michigan Mm -hmm. and to Texas. And in Texas, it was Deer Park, Texas, right outside of Houston. And then Michigan, it was in Romulus and what was it, Belleville? Yeah. Yeah. And right next right next to the Detroit and Metro Airport. Guess what? You look up the demographics of these states, and then they're I, they're fucking identical to East Palestine. They make between Poor- 33 and 36 on average household income, 33 to 36 K a year. And Deer Park, Texas, is I think it's uh let me see I, the numbers aren't exactly right. I'm just guessing off of remembrance off the back top of my head, but it's like 51% to 
40% white, Hispanic in Texas. 36. And 36. And then in uh, Romulus, it's like 60, 40 white and black. And they're all poor. So they're moving waste from isn't, one poor city to other poor cities. It, but but isn't it interesting? Like, because I even and they think didn't that, fucking know. I'm sorry, I want to keep going. You know, and go Romulus ahead. didn't fucking know. This has been in our news. Romulus had no fucking idea that Norfolk was moving this shit out there to the point where they had to freak out about it, and the movement got halted. And now they're moving it to somewhere else in uh, Ohio, and they didn't even let. Our city officials know and our people know that they're moving it here. They just showed up with it. And we're not even mm-hmm. sure if anybody actually made it here into our ground. Prob- I, w- I would hope not. It's a little bit little bit, little bit, bit downstream from us. Uh, but again, that just goes to show again. And and, and, and I always find it interesting. Like I, Maybe this is me being a goofy conspiracy theorist, and I'll admit that in the coming weeks if new things come out. But l- hear me out for a second. I really find it interesting that places like Deer Park, Texas, and a place like Romulus, Michigan, are these poor areas, or I would say working poor, right? They they probably have homes, living paycheck to paycheck. They're not like, not like it's not like a huge homeless community in Romulus, right? But like people that are broke as fuck, barely scraping by, and the demographics are as close to 50-50 as you can get, right? So that you, so you can't have a situation where Norfolk goes and like just dumps a bunch of toxic waste in a black community, right? Cuz that would be that would be a story, right? Or 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 dumps a bunch of toxic waste in a in a Hispanic community in Texas, right? Cuz that would be a story. So they find these these areas where uh they're kind of close to 50-50 and like a little bit more white. So it's almost like minority. a plausible deniability thing. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So, 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 so there's no story there. There's no like, Hey, you poisoned a, a minority community uh, in this situation. Like with Flint, which was a big fucking problem because it's all black people in Flint, Michigan. Hey Dan, I'll do you one better. The treatment facilities for all that kinds of shit. They're already in these poor cities. Yeah. So for the, for the toxic waste, yeah, 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 the deep wells and things like that. Yeah, they've already built the infrastructure around the poor communities for toxic waste. Yeah, we don't. Like care when you're driving care. to the airport, you know when you hit Romulus and all that area because it's all refineries and it smells like shit. It's not great. And then it's there's just great. houses. There's just so many fucking houses there. <laughs> it's insane to me. Do you want to talk about Mayor Pete a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. Bring up Mayor Pete. So Mayor Pete, uh, just tying it into <coughs> the uh, issue in East Palestine. Why the fuck is is Pete Buttigieg the only transportation secretary you've ever heard of? Because <laughs> he's so bad at his job. Because end of segment. Absolute, <laughs> it's because because he's because he's an absolute abject failure. I he mean, is. let's 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 talk about. Just in the short period of time, so we're talking about less than three years that he's been, or just about three years that he has had the job of transportation secretary. This is not a partisan issue, okay? If you're if you're a Democrat that loves Pete Buttigieg, fuck you. First of all, if you're whoa, a whoa, Repo- whoa. no, sorry. no, 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 fuck you. Like if you're if you're if 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 you are that kind of person that is so partisan that you can't see how Pete Buttigieg sucks, you're not our fucking listener base. 
Would you agree with that, Corey? I'd agree with that part. Yeah, you're probably not much of a listener <laughs> to the show if you if that's what blindly I'm just agree with people to judge because he has a D next to his name. I don't want and them to leave though. Him. I hope that we can bring him to the light. All right. So okay, fair enough. So don't fuck you. I'll, I'll take it back. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> we're trying to make a change here. I take I take it back because Corey scolded me, but I get mad. <laughs> I get mad sometimes because it's just like, how can you not see through your partisan goddamn goggles what an abject failure? this guy has been so oh, yeah. there have been there have been three major failures by Pete Buttigieg in the last three years the first was his his ridiculous paternity leave yep. during the biggest supply uh, chain uh, crisis supply chain seen. crisis that the United States has seen maybe ever and he's just gone taking more fucking vacation time for his kid than, than any working mother mothers gets. get yeah so that's number one, and then number two was the FAA notice to uh, to to or the, the FAA shutdown, the the notice to air transmissions outage just last month, where fucking flights were just shut down for like eight hours. I'm not going to give him as much shit for that because I don't know what he could have done to prevent it. But where was he when it was taking place? And then this, this. Well, then there's also Southern- the, the not on top of that. Then there's the Spirit Airline debacle on itself. Yeah, which was like and completely so, separate from that. But it brings you to the, the train derailment and how he goes, oh, he just blames the Trump administration. And we, we've already made it clear that, again, I have to give this caveat that neither Corey and I believe Bell as well, none of the three of us are fans of Donald Trump. But <laughs> this was not his fucking fault. <laughs> this wasn't his fault. And it's like, it, this is the issue that we have with by with with partisan politics is that it's just so easy when something shitty happens now to go oh it was the last administration's fault and like cuz don't get me wrong the trump administration did the same thing multiple times when shit hit the fan it was yeah. the obama administration that that was is responsible for this and it's like dude you are the fucking people in charge the American people don't give a shit. They want it fixed and they want it fixed now and they want it fixed today. And you are the one that's in charge. What are you doing besides blaming the previous administration? And the answer is nothing. And that is why Pete Buttigieg is an abject failure. And yeah, I blame it on the fact that he's a diversity hire. I'm probably a bigot now that I said that. Should I have said that on this show? Don't give a shit. I just did. He's a fucking diversity hire. He said it and he meant it. I did mean it. I did mean it. He's a diversity hire, and that is the problem with diversity hires. Now, you can get really lucky, and the diversity hire that you make could be the best option. Honestly, I'll give I'll give the example of Katanji Brown-Jackson. Great In hire. the Supreme Court. I thought she was fantastic. She was hired because she was a black woman, but she was also the shame. best choice. That's such but a she shame. Was, but she was also the best choice. She was right? the best choice. That where race didn't have to be made an issue of it. People, it, like, everyone would have seen it. No, people, other than maybe blind people. Am I that, like bigot now for what I just said? Because I got really angry for a second. No, I don't think so. It's it's right because it's like. Oh, thank God for diversity. Thank God the head of the EPA is black. So what? So uh, black people can see someone that looks like them doing a shitty job in the position versus another fucking white person. 
Because granted, there are a shit ton of white people doing shitty jobs in politics. So let's add in people of other colors in there that will continue to they do, a, also shitty do job a shitty so job so they're represented. So thank, thank God you. for identity politics that shitty politicians represent everyone. Corey, can color. I just say before you continue, that was so beautifully put. <laughs> you, <laughs> no, no, thing. seriously. I feel like you just took away a little bit of my bigotry by what you just said. <laughs> oh, that's just that's just what it is. It's all for show, man. It's all for fucking show. Because you know, we mentioned on the show before that I have black family and black friends and you can ask all of them and they'd be like, oh yeah, no, that's great. It's nice to see, but my life hasn't fucking changed. Right. Obama was president. Millions of black people lost their homes, but he bailed out the banks. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit what color his skin is because it would have a white person would have done the same damn fucking thing. Mm-hmm. A white Democrat. Yeah. Yeah. A white Democrat. Clinton sold out all of uh, the black communities and the white communities and everybody when he instituted NAFTA. But hey, he played the saxophone and really liked black people. So thank God for that. Say that again, Bill. I was saying, and he liked fries. He liked fries. Yeah. What's cool? <laughs> yeah, the John Mulaney joke. He's like, oh, Bill Clinton. What? Like Little kids loved him. They're like, what, what's your favorite food? And he's like, I don't know, fries. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Can that I get a MTV. glass of water? That was on MTV. He was on uh, spring break over there on MTV. Oh, that's got, right. He I, was, I, wasn't he? I will, yeah. I will always say this. Obama was cool as fuck. Obama was. He had swagger. He was just and Clinton cool. had swagger. Smooth. Cool. I liked it. Uh, oh, how he uh, talk to your face and then uh, blow up your family. <laughs> yeah. That's why he was I'll call, straight up. 20, 2012 election. I called him up. I said, Mitt, I think it's time for you to concede. Mitt, <laughs> it's time to go. Barack's got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like there are things about him where it was just some swagger. Like when he was in there dealing with press and he's in the White House and they're saying shit and he's like, Hold on. This is my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn, son. Like, Can we get a little decorum here? Just a little bit. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. That was the Lions head coach, Jim Caldwell. <laughs> little decorum. Little decorum. God, but, uh, nobody knows that reference. Jim Caldwell. <laughs> no. I do. People from Detroit don't know that reference because everyone's little, giving little, up on the Lions. Little decorum. Little decorum. Except recently, I'm, I'm excited to actually see what the Lions do this year. Now you are. <laughs> I am. I'm a bit of a, a bit of a fair weather fan. I've been Enjoy. ingrained in the Lions because of the fact that it's like, well, that's my hometown. Like, I never turned so them you- on because I always assumed they would lose. But like this last couple of seasons, I had them on. I was like, all right, you know, here we go. Would you agree though? Now that because I don't want to talk about the Detroit Lions, it may, just makes me upset. Uh, uh, <laughs> would you agree that? Uh, Mayor Pete and the reason he's known as the only Secretary of Transportation you know is because he's an absolute abject failure. Can yeah, there's that? certain jobs yes. in the federal government that like people aren't supposed to know your name. And if they do know your name, it's for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And this is one of them. Okay, yeah. Mayor Pete's dead. Not politically. Think- just politically, not literally. Jeez. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. He moved to Traverse City. He's going to run for governor, Dan. <laughs> no, he's not. Do you also think that he has clout, though, because he ran for president? That's what he's doing. He ran for president. 
Yeah. Got a little bit of clout. And so this job was supposed to be this cushy, easy job for him to create prestige, uh, a more prestigious uh, background for his resume. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what this was. This was a, a cushy position because they offered him a different position and he didn't want it. And, like, and that's the thing. That's that's how all the fucking politics work. He got this position because he conceded and endorsed Biden. With the contingency of getting a job in his cabinetry. With the contingency of removing Bernie Sanders from consideration for the second straight fucking presidential election cycle. Can yeah. we throw that out there as well? We can throw that out there as well. Uh, uh, Corey, let's move on. Let's move to... Uh, I think the next two topics actually both have to do with COVID, if I'm reading my notes correctly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so the, the alphabet agencies. Where is... Where is it? This one? There we go. Yeah, there we go. Why should government never control information? Two words. Lab leak. And that's not an old Labrador with incontinence, Dan. So before you start, let, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Bell look this up. Uh, what? Because I know it was the Department of Energy, but what are all of the agencies that have now basically admitted that COVID was most likely a lab leak? Because it was more than just one. So go the ahead, FBI, Corey. I'll have Bell look that up. Department of Energy. I know that those two for sure. The Department of uh, FBI says with moderate confidence, and the Department of Energy says with low confidence. But uh, <laughs> whatever that means, <laughs> whatever that means. But they are now saying that, like, well, all all roads lead to, lead to Rome, and all virus paths, all virus pathology leads to Wuhan, mm-hmm. where the uh, the lab that was dealing with coronavirus uh, strains was located and the thing the thing that's so interesting to me was the the fact that okay so the wuhan lab the the virology lab was really really close geographically to the 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 supposed wet market where this where where the original narrative was that this came from this this wet market you don't think that people may have maybe shopped at that wet market that worked at that lab. And maybe, maybe it actually did start to spread at that wet market because of the fact that the Wuhan lab of virology is geographically very, very close. Is that not a reasonable explanation for why there may have been a serious uptick in COVID at this particular wet market? Am I crazy? Or is that just something that is just normal people would think that? No, I think just normal people would think that. <laughs> and but, and there's there's been very very little evidence that bats, who was the original uh, culprit for this disease, were actually even being sold at that wet market at that time. Have you heard this? Say that again. I'm sorry. That there's 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 little to no evidence that bats were actually being sold at that particular wet market at that particular time of year. Right. And can we also talk about how racist that is? Like the lab league theory was racist, but just saying that Asian people eat bats isn't. Well, they do. And they eat monkey brains too. That's, that's real. That's not racist. That's real. Right. But just to assume that that's what it is. <laughs> like, oh yeah, because just those, those Chinamen are over there eating bats. That's how we all got sick. 
we're Western white people. We don't eat bats and monkey brains. Would you ever eat monkey brains, Dan? Um, I am the kind of person that will try anything once. Almost, almost anything. I probably wouldn't try people. I probably wouldn't try human flesh. But outside of that, <laughs> Donner, dog, no, dog, dog. I wouldn't do dog. Knowingly, I wouldn't do dog because that's my best friend. Uh, Good dog on the grounds where three in the saddle. Is there anything else I wouldn't try? Probably cat. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of cats, but they're still our second best friend behind dogs. So I probably wouldn't try cat meat. Other than that, yeah, I think I'd try almost anything. anything? I, it's so funny. I'm picturing the PETA meme. You ever seen that PETA uh, billboard that says, where do you draw the line about animals and where you eat? And the show is like cow, pig, uh, yeah, chicken. And then it shows a horse and then it shows a dog and a cat and a fish or whatever. And I'm sorry, the fish is before the horse or whatever. And then someone took a picture of that billboard and then superimposed a line between the fish and the horse. And it's like, right about here, right about here is where I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> what were you uh, saying, Bell? Anything that has a little amount of fat, not even a little, a decent amount of fat, I'd probably try it. Yeah, you know, and honestly, well, actually, that's not true because I eat chicken and turkey, but anything that has uh, stomach muscle, stomach muscles that you can make bacon from. But then so that also includes cat. dogs and cats. It's a dog and that's a cat. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe I wouldn't eat dog bacon. It depends. How, we're discussing how... our food ethics here live on the show. Uh, we're, we're happy to have you aboard. Hey. Yeah. Uh, like, what are we in? Is it in society that we have today, or is this post-apocalyptic? This is society we have today. Because I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Penelope, the misgendered name of the boy cat that I currently own. Uh, you're getting eaten. Because if I you die, eat... you're going to eat. If you I eat... die, he's eating my face. Okay, so you're talking about post-apocalyptic. Yeah, not, not, not like not, not dude, like I'm going to end dude, the show and be like, I See, that's the difference. Dude, that's the difference between dogs and cats. There is absolutely no way I would eat my dog. I'm sorry. I would not eat my dog. I would eat Even if he bugs. died? Maybe if he died on his own or her. Maybe, I, maybe then. But I would not kill my dog and eat it, even in a, post a post-apocalyptic situation. I, I would, would never eat you if dog? he died first. Maybe. Uh, there's no maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't eat my dog, but I'd eat your dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, because I'd probably do the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Did you find the, the alphabet agencies, Bell? It's easy to say that, though, in, in us sitting in our climate-controlled rooms with electricity and uh, <laughs> microphones and stuff, because... It only took two months for the Donner Party during the Oregon Trail to eat their own fucking family members. <laughs> That's fair. You know, if anyone doesn't know that story, look up Donner Party, Oregon Trail. But, 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 do you have any idea how hard I would cry as, I shot, my, just... <laughs> as, I, as I shot my dog in the head? Talk about eating eat your emotions. In a post-apocalyptic situation. Wait, you're going to waste the bullet? You're going to have to be more intimate than that. No, sorry. I'm not this taking a baseball so bat. I'm not I would waste one bullet. I'm not taking a, a baseball bat to my dog. Sorry. It would be a bullet. Crying with your full belly. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's where I draw the line. Oh, my God. This is such a dark conversation. Yeah, this took a real dark dark turn. (laughs) We're off the rails like East Palestine. Mel, did you find that the alphabet agencies that have have admitted that this is a, that the COVID lab leak was a thing? Yeah. What what do you got? Well, the U.S. Department of Energy, of course. course. We We have the FBI. And the most famous. The U.S. of A. The Biden team said in 2021 that there was credible info to the claims made that, you know, it came from a lab. Also, you can go on Congress.gov, which is obviously Congress's website, and you can see documents from hearings with Dr. Anthony Fauci. Oh, no. Fauci the Grouch. Uh, <laughs> you know, claiming and lying that the United States funded gain of function research on COVID in Wuhan, <coughs> which led to the pandemic. Yeah, so we've got at least four, at least four credible alphabet agencies, plus the Biden administration, plus Anthony Fauci, that are well. Anthony Fauci is didn't admit it. He's still lying under oath that there's no gain of function research even happening there. No, but but they're saying he's lying. They're saying he's lying, but saying he's lying like outright. The government and yeah, and that's interesting because we've actually played the Rand Paul interaction with him. Yeah, so he's he's still lying about the gain of function, which is no surprise. But he's even I don't know if he's admitted, but he's kind of come around to the idea with that. Yeah, okay, this might have come from a lab. And and where 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 I draw the line is right, like where people go, um, this was a Chinese bioweapon. No, no, it was a mistake. No. We had Americans there too. This. Institute had American money funding it. Like it wasn't nefarious; it was just malfeasance. The reason they're doing it there is because would you rather them do it here? Yeah, NIMBY. That's exactly right. Again, poor people, poor people. Yeah, in Wuhan. Yeah, way poor. Have to deal Uh, with it. But so this is what pisses me off about this, Dan. What's like before you say that, Corey? It's 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 the thing I always turn back to. Never chalk anything up to nefariousness that can easily be explained by incompetence. And I think that's what this is again. And this so is go what ahead. pisses me off about it. There was such TDS, uh, like, you know, Trump derangement syndrome happening in our country that Trump was one of the first ones to say this. It came from China. It's their fault. This and that. And everyone freaked out and called him a racist. And, that and he was created, wrong. And oh, you said he was wrong. He was wrong. It wasn't the Chinese fault. It was our fault. Yeah, we it, was, the it was a combination the of research. the two. It was a combination of the two. Yeah, it was a uh, a collaboration between the two. Go ahead. I'm but, gonna I'm gonna try. Hold on. I'm gonna try something. I'm gonna go take a pee. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm still gonna be involved while I'm peeing. <laughs> Are you gonna use your Bluetooth headphones? Hundred percent. Cool. Can Live you, on the air. Can you all still hear me through the phone line? Holy! <laughs> go ahead, Corey. So. What's what pisses me off the most about this is all of the politics that got involved and what it all that really did was gum up the works to where if we just had 
one consensus of where it fucking came from or even acknowledge the fact that it may have came from the lab, then that means that there is reams and reams of documents and paperwork about this mysterious strain that we have no idea where it came from to where if we actually buckled down and actually talked about this. Now, granted, Wuhan Institute did wipe all of its databases, strangely enough, after this happened. And but if we started turning over stones about the origin and not being afraid based on who, what sort of lobbyists is paying for different things and who's paying for what. And we actually tried to be real sleuths and not just call each other conspiracy theorists and actually go after where we thought the origin was millions of lives might have been saved. Is that fair to say? I don't know if millions of lives have been saved. Like if we would have, like if we would have, like really, really buckled down on China and that not even necessarily China, but even our own people, and went after where this everyone was saying this was coming from because our experts at the time were saying, well, it wasn't a lab leak, but there was millions of people who have access to the internet that were pulling up all these documents of, um, uh, fuck, what's his name? It starts with a D. His last name. I forget his name, but anyways, there's all of this documentation that Trump repealed gain of function research, the NIH and all these different companies that were Peter Danzek, all these people over there were flagrantly just doing gain of function research. And we just shut down that whole narrative. And anyone who even said that they were doing that was a conspiracy theorist. And if instead of making it politicized and not doing that, and we actually looked at that as an option, was able to take the data from that place and look into it, we may have figured out more stuff about COVID quicker. We may have figured out that it was actually affecting older people and not children. It may have tampered down the divisiveness in our country. It may have, which would have led to solving a lot of issues like the FBI fucking trying to kidnap our governor. Like all these different things that happen that you talk about as individual things all have these roots that go back to fucking COVID. And that if we didn't make a politicize and immediately just call people tinfoil hat people for bringing up lab leak, lives would have been saved. Fuck your politics. Lives would have been saved if this was looked at and scrutinized more like seriously. Change your mic up. Change your mic over, Dan. Yeah, Dan, we can't hear what you're saying there, bud. No, but I think, honestly... You're, you're muted. You muted, muted yourself. I think, honestly, oh, they all lied. There you go. I now you're on your Bluetooth again. They lied because um, the they didn't have a solution. They made you look crazy because they didn't have a solution. And it goes to eat. And then it's funny how it all ties together, right? Like East Palestine. Just point fingers. Create a bunch no. of noise about whose fault it is versus actually taking blame and trying to fix the issue. There we go. Now I'm back, right? He's back. Uh, no, so, but that just goes to the whole uh, why shouldn't government ever control the way we receive information? Because this was a situation where two years ago, you were a tinfoil hat person. You were a, you were a conservative. You were a Trump supporter. You were a fascist. If you thought you were a racist, you were stop, raise, stop Asian hate. 
if you said that there was a chance that this fucking thing came from a lab. Yeah. And and you 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 discredited people like Dr. Peter McCullough and you discredited people like Brett Weinstein who since admittedly has lost his mind, but at the time was relatively sane when it came to uh when it came to uh what am I thinking of? Uh, v- vaccine technology and also gain of function research. At this point it's, now you could even throw in Dr. Robert Malone. That that was the other that was the one I was missing. I knew one of you would fill it in for me. Yeah, these these are people that know what the fuck they're talking about, and they were dismissed as like right wingers. And th- these are people that aren't even political. Do you think Dr. Peter McCullough or Dr. Robert Malone are political human beings? I mean, they might have their like, political views, but, but they've but never you, ever posted anything them? about it. Yeah, until have they ever this. expressed them. And it, and then when they were expressing these things, it wasn't even about politics. It was about fucking virology. Feels that they're experts in and utter reality, and you had people, you know, calling, you know, Joe Rogan's taking horse dewormer and like all that. Not and it, the the thing that worries me is that collectively, there's going to be no lesson learned from this because it's it's that situation where, okay, yeah, no, you're if right because you know ultimately if we hit lab, the reason. Uh, if we hit the re- real quick, Go this ahead. lab, this lab was set up and designed to study vi- viral pathology to fucking avoid a pandemic, and it did the exact fucking opposite. So that brings up, you know, let's just say that the original narrative of this started in the wet, in the wet market at Wuhan, right outside the door of the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology. And that whole reason that institute was set up was to stop the pandemic, but a pandemic literally just started outside your door. Then they failed. And you and you didn't fucking stop it. Best case scenario, like best that, case scenario, worst case scenario, they failed, whether it was their fault or not. It's Doing just, gain of function research. This can't happen again. But it will. That's the number one thing. That's the saddest the, fucking. That's the scariest thing, and the saddest thing is this isn't the only lab doing this. Hope it doesn't happen in our lifetime. But this is this this was the number one, like so obviously transparent example of why government should never control information. I don't care if you're liberal or conservative. You would this think our government would learn happen. from Chernobyl. That just trying to control the narrative, it just blows up in they your don't, face. They don't learn shit. Why? Because their number one goal is to get reelected. And so if you if you if you uh take away certain information or discredit certain information, that's all you need. That's all you need to get reelected. So fun. Do you want to talk about Murdoch or you want to save that? Uh we should save that. That's only gonna get you juicier. Think so? Yeah, we're I a agree. minute and twenty. Th- we're an hour and twenty three minutes in. Now that I've got a, a nice checklist, so we can remember what the fuck we talked about. Uh, anyway, I guess tell the people where they can find us, Corey. Observative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is observativeshow.com, and we can be found at Observative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at Observative Pod, and our TikTok videos can be found at Observative Podcast. 
And you can reach out directly at libsertofpod at gmail.com. Subscribe we're today. Read, we're not going to read the emails, but thank you for I do my out. best to check. We just don't get any. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, make sure to give a ranking or to give us a rating if you listen to this on your podcast platform. Just You don't have to write anything out and butter us up or nothing. Just give it a little five-star review. It helps shake up the algorithms. We can ride that wave. Make sure to like and follow us on your social media platforms. And uh, if you like anything we're saying and you think that we are doing what we're intending to do and to just go against just propaganda and mainstream media and try to dive into the nuance, then share this with a friend. It might actually help people with just having normal conversations. And another special thanks to Bell the Body Snatcher. There he is. Our jack of all trades. Your your, your, Your camera's on. You can just do that to your camera now. Yeah, I'm not used to that. How sweet are you? (laughs) Uh, He, as always, has been Corey Walsh. And he's been Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative. And until next time, we are out of here. Peace. Peace.